Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal sending, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, we are back for another week. Another week with you actually being here. I could not be happy here. Um, the people are disappointed you're back. I uh, got some messages saying, loved your solo episode, Ben. Wish Jamie would quit, honestly. Um, the show would be so much better, but you're here anyway. So thank you. Yeah, honestly, Ben, sometimes I, I wish I would because I have to talk to you on Sunday night at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I just want to go to bed. I wake up at 5 in the morning. I want to go to bed. And this is maybe the most important thing our show's ever done, Jamie, uh, is acknowledge that you can make smarter life choices than the ones that we've made. And if we can help anyone out there do that, we are here to help you with those. But my, my advice is don't, don't go into healthcare. <laughs> do anything or else. If you go into healthcare, if you go into healthcare, fully understand the dimensions of the healthcare industry that you're in. And don't and that's do anything healthcare. else on the side. Don't have other passions. Why don't be passionate about anything? Just <laughs> stay the course. Um, but enough about career advice, Jamie. Uh, I brought another topic this week because you're working about 900 hours a week. So uh, myself, the research department here at the at the Goalie Science uh, Podcast. Oh, announcement for that, Jamie. Uh, finished my thesis data collection. So everyone can pay attention. We have some hockey related data that. Hopefully, as we kind of keep going forward here, you'll you'll hear more and more stuff. I think coaches and parents and goalies will probably be interested about that too. So, we'll start. Does that mean? That as does that mean you can write you can write my workouts some sometime or? All right. Also, so, so, so you sent no. This is all about me. Uh, you sent me 
NHL Edge, which is what we're going to talk about, because I don't have no idea what that is. But um, as I was glancing at the page you sent me, Joseph Wool has a 133 and a 9-6-1. Why is he not playing every game? Well, Joseph Wool is like absolutely probably the Leafs starter. Uh, it hasn't been like formally announced, but he is very much so taken over that position. And Jamie, I feel super validated because I've been on the Joseph Wool train for a few years now. Uh, and I was went on the record a few times. Five. We went right that. three years ago. We were talking yeah. like when they were like, this yeah, guy is I know, way I know. Yeah, I mean, like, to be, people will be like, he didn't play a lot in the HL, he got hurt, yada, yada, yada. Yes, but if you go back into the archives somewhere in the internet, you'll see Jamie and I saying that when the Leafs traded for both Matt Murray and Sam Sonov, we were a little confused. That was a little bit confusing to us. We thought it, it, was, we thought it was Walter. One of those guys. Probably, yeah. Because anyways, anyways, yeah, this is, I yeah. So let's talk about NHL Edge, and then we can yeah, talk about what, us being able what, to... Yeah, I, need you, I need you to, like... like as you were explaining this to our listeners and viewers, thank you for listening and viewing. If you're on YouTube, you know what? Appreciate it. Just put it put it on silent if you want. YouTube really cares <laughs> about watched minutes, and they don't care about listened minutes. Um, I have no idea what NHL Edge is. I remember you just texted me and said NHL Edge is in, and I said I, I don't know what that means. And so what uh, yeah. what does that mean, Ben? So for people who don't know, the NHL, like the the league itself, um, has stat trackers and has a lot of technology invested into tracking data. So for example, people might not know this, but the pucks used in NHL games have trackers in them. The every jersey on the ice is a tracker in it. So the NHL is aware of who's on the ice, who has the puck, how far the puck is, et cetera, et cetera, how fast players are moving, how fast players are shooting. They have all that data. Uh and a lot of times people are upset, well, why don't they release the data? And obviously it's a bit of a complicated reason why, but NHL edge is the first uh, first in addition, the first piece of the NHL releasing some of that extra information that they have on their back end. So uh, previously, if you went on NHL.com and you looked at your favorite teams, or your favorite goalie stats, you would get things like, you know, save percentage, goals against average, wins, losses, et cetera, et cetera. Like the very basic things that, that we've grown accustomed to. Um, but if you've been paying closer attention to hockey over the past few years, we've started to see a, a bun bunch more information that comes out around uh, advanced statistics and information. And so I think NHL, the NHL league is going to start putting out more and more advanced information. But what they currently have released, NHL Edge, it is a piece of that tracking data. Uh, they have some stuff for players. It's like how fast players are skating, how often they go over 90%, uh, shot speed, which admittedly is all kind of interesting, but not really relevant to evaluate players it doesn't you know how fast someone shoot is kind of fun but ultimately like if you're it's in the like nhl you probably kind of shoot hard enough yeah it's not quite the same but it is their attempt at it but for goalies which is i'm assuming most people listening to this probably care about um they've released a little they have a little bit of a crumb i would say a crumb of the information that the nhl has available uh but they gave us shot locations that's the biggest thing they gave us now you can go on the nhl you go on nhl edge and look at where every shot and every save and every goal comes from on the ice in little regions. So not specific, specific points, but these little regions. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Uh, they've also isolated. So Jamie, I, Jim and I are looking at Joseph Wall's isolated page right now. And when you look at his, the saves on it, they break down things again, like all location saves, high danger saves, and then what they call mid range and long range. And I think that's really interesting. I think that's 
the first step that I was going to recommend to all goalies, parents, coaches, uh, if you are tracking any kind of stats for your team, please don't just count shots. Add shot location. It changes a lot. Of, it adds a lot of information. Yeah, and to do that, to do, well, to do that, to do that, if you're, what, what do you think? If you're a parent and you're listening and you're and you're the in charge of tracking shots, um, all you need is just like the end zone, like three end zones, and just put an X uh, wherever that shot's taken from. Um, that and then you can kind of like tally that up towards the end, and you can kind of get a rough estimate of where the shots are. So you don't have to worry about being super in depth with everything. Just you just want a little bit of a map after. Uh, what do I think? I think it's good. I definitely think it's a good start. Um, my biggest gripe with the shot map doesn't tell you the situation. I don't know if and how that's even possible. Like, you know, it says right here. Oh, they they have it. They have all that information. Yeah, I, I just don't know how they present it in a way that like makes sense and is like um, like reliable across all goalies. That would be a very difficult thing. Yeah. That's also why I'm not getting my masters in, in stats. But like it says right here, like Joseph Bull's given up five shots from the point. I mean, if no one's in front or there's five tips, yeah. that doesn't sorry five goals and that doesn't like that's he's stopping those hundred percent of the time. Whereas like on paper, it's like, well, those are bad. Those are low danger goals. But if there's a flash screen and three guys in front and it's a lot, that's very high. You know, it's dangerous. Uh, the one thing I do like is I do like that it gives your league average versus your goalie when it comes to like high danger save percentage or what the NHL defines as high danger save percentage and the mid-range save percentage. Um, I think that's going to be very important going forward when it comes to just like goalie signings and stuff, um, especially like, you know, we've talked about this many times, certain goalies do well in different systems. Um, but Joseph, I'm also very impressed where he is stopping. He's a 0.195 high danger save percentage. The league average is 0.765. Um, so like really crazy. But I also like, this is, again, this brings up something else too, is I remember when I played college, um, my head coach, who was also my goalie coach at the time, uh, definitely don't recommend that setup for anyone ever. Uh, somehow made it work, but um, he was he was talking about the percentage of like grade A situations or or whatever grade A shots that that we gave up, and I think it said he wanted us to stop one out of every seven, I think, which would be what percentage? Like, well, I'm not a math guy at all, so that'd be so you wanted you, you wanted you to give up one of one of every seven. It's like sixteen point six seven percent. So it'd be point it'd be eighty percent. It's around like eighty seven percent. Eighty wanted eighty seven. Math is terrible. I just went six divided by seven. He wants you to stop six yeah, it's every seven. It's the calculator. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm bad at math. It's me. Yeah. I'm the person. It's fourteen point five seven. My bad. Oh no. Oh no. I would not this part. I would know. We're leaving this. I would never guess at math because I know I'm bad at it. So I think it was it was either it was either six out of every seven, or seven out of every like eight. So it was around that high eighties to like low nineties percentage on high dangers. And I, in my brain, I was that's like, really high. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. In my brain, I was like, yeah, that seems really high. Um, obviously, I was on a good team, and like in college, I I did really well, so it was never like an issue. But if the NHL average, meaning the best players 
versus the best goalies. So it's pretty even, just like in college, you're going to have the best college guys versus the best college goalies. Um, the average is not even in the 800s. So I think I, I look back at that and I'm like, oh, those expectations were pretty high. Um, I think that's an yeah, interesting I mean, stat because little... I've never really considered that. Yeah, and I mean, I can add a little bit more. I did a little, little side project because there is some more... Um, more advanced public information and we've talked about it before websites like moneypuck.com and natural statric and i think those are really interesting for goalie stats too for people I, th those websites truthfully um provide you more information than nhl edge does but nhl edge is like visual visualizations are pretty cool i think at least from like a pretty simple point of view uh, but i did a little project last year looking at goalies and trying to see who's the most kind of consistent across the three types of scoring chances being high medium and low uh, and when you define like high danger at 75%, like save percentage on high danger, medium at 88 and low at 96 or 97, I think it is, you only end up with like seven or eight goalies. So like, mm. you know what I mean? That like idea of like an 85 to 87% save percentage on high danger, that's in, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't think anyone's truthfully going to ever achieve that, at least not how a high danger chance is defined by. Uh, the NHL right now or the you know the public statisticians are doing it and like a high danger chance is not a one-on-one -on -one where someone shoots from like the top of the circle like let's make that very clear that's not a high danger chance it's a chance it's a shot yeah but we're talking stuff that is in pretty close to the slot essentially it is right in front of the net a bit of a imagine again kind of a semicircle around the front of the net extending into the bottom ish parts of the circle like it's it's a pretty close situation the definition that the nhl is using is pretty similar to one of the first ever definitions little hockey stats history lesson here uh one of the first kind of um high danger evaluation chances was by a, a blog called war on ice which is like a really cool name mm. for a blog war stands for wins above replacement uh, and so it's another stat how you evaluate players but yeah War on ice's uh, high danger chances. And so the NHL is essentially using the same ones, albeit slightly different uh, in some capacity, but pretty close to the same. So that's been about the same definition for about 20 years. But I think that's kind of important, right? People look at, I'll t I have people tell me, you know, like, oh, you know, my goal is to get 20 high danger score chances against. And I can believe that. I've seen lots of games where that has happened, especially in certain leagues, especially in like junior and minor hockey. Mm -hmm. But I think we're, you know, they're not that they're not that good like i think it's really easy to call something a high danger chance and it's like that oh, was just a two on one where the pass almost went back or no shot happened it's a chance yes yeah. don't me wrong but that wasn't a, so that's why i think little, it, that's my little stat i think it's funny that like whether i think it i don't want to see from an untrained eye but like oftentimes when it's like hockey parents will like um extrapolate or like they'll really inflate the the difficulty of what their kid is doing um also oftentimes i find that like goalies will like when i do video review with a lot of my goalies is i'll watch it and the ones that they're like oh, i should have had i'm like no you probably <laughs> wouldn't have had that and then the other ones that i'm like i like I, you kind of like you were just off angle and then it's like well was it a great shot it's like well your angle was off it's like I was doing that this morning with one of my goalies and it was like this high tip through like a double flash screen. He's like, yeah, I just should have <laughs> just made that save. I should have been out more. And I was like, no, you weren't going to make that save unless it just hit you. 
unless it just and then another one and then the same game he gives up a goal over a shot to the legs and they're like hey you're just off your angle he's like oh he's like man it's through a screen it was a tip like super hard <laughs> and i don't know it's weird that that, that that's like the yeah the exact opposite um but you know what i like getting better edge a lot more yeah. than people just taking stats like oh like say percentage goals against or just yep. like so, some guy or girl taking stats um which i wish this existed like for minor hockey uh it's a funny story so yeah <laughs> when, when i play so i played minor midget uh and for those that don't know that's u16, u16 for everyone else u16 now they changed it um probably for politically correct reasons the better it's the better better. for the better um that's when you get drafted into the ohl if you're from ontario or the east part east mid midwest yeah i don't know some parts of the united states i don't know michigan new york state but not all of not all of the eastern because some of the east belongs to the q so i don't know maine vermont new hampshire Massachusetts. anyways that's when you get drafted that's when you get drafted to the Florida belongs to the Q. Yeah, fun fact. What about like Georgia and the Carolinas? I just I'd assume so. Yeah, I gotta check that. That's that's weird. <laughs> anyways, anyways, I uh, we digress. So, uh, big big year. This is important, and for some reason, like stats kind of matter, but also like it just matters like who, what scouts come in the building, and like wins, losses, and like what what coaches are coaching for you. Uh, Are you on so, a good team and who's your coach? Yeah. Yeah. So like, was I on a good team? Yeah, I was on a really good team. Uh, however, the other goalie's parents did the stats. So that's probably, awesome. Holy cow. Probably imagine <laughs> how there were games where like I would have 30 shots, like 30 shots, like pretty standard night, nothing crazy. And I would look at the stats after and I have 12, 12 shots. So it'd be like, it'd be like, two goals on 12 shots and instead of it being like really good numbers because two on 30 it would be horrible numbers and then when the other goalie played it would be like super inflated uh that was very frustrating um very frustrating especially when especially when i think those parents took that stat and brought it to the head coach as like explanation because in those days you rotate like in the championships and the tournaments like Maybe one goalie plays back to back. They'll play the semifinal final to do it well. Um, they took it, and then like, this is like making an explanation about why their kids should be playing and not and not me. Uh, so that's rock stars. How funny! That's how awesome. wild is that? Uh, did I get drafted to the OHL? Yeah. So did the, it? Did it honestly impact me? No, because I think our our coach, oh. uh, our coach who Ben knows, who's who's, who's a good coach, who gets it. Also, uh, my coach. Also, also my coach. Ben's coach. But wild wild things that happen in minor hockey and so people talk about the politics like that's bad that's actual politics but it didn't it didn't really affect a whole lot but you don't let other don't don't let the other goalies parents do just let like one of the the the, the centerman's dads do stats yeah that's a that's funny i want i got a funny story kind of too but to kind of tie it into the nhl edge i think this is really valuable information that should like this is like what i consider the bare minimum is is shot location plus number right because this doesn't talk about rush chances odd man rush chances rebounds doesn't the screens it's missing a lot of information but this is a this is a very valuable step up from just number of shots right like any additional piece of information you can get 
is more valuable. Uh, and so I think this is a really great start by the NHL. I think for people, especially people who weren't aware of the advanced stats on goalies, I think this is like an awesome thing to have. Uh, and for people who are aware of the advanced stats, I think this can also uh, visually accompany stuff that you're already looking at. But like I said, I think this is the bare minimum. I think this could be done in, in minor and junior hockey. Like, I don't think it's hard. Like, I do this with the teams that I work with. Um, I do shot location. I do, uh, I also keep track of things like scoring chances, odd man rushes, and rush chances. Um, a rush chance just being any play that like enters the offensive zone and a shot happens within like three or four seconds of leaving the neutral zone. So, it's, you know, leaves the neutral zone into the zone shot. That's a rush play by definition. But the reason I think this should be done is it does help with some of the silly things that we see in hockey. And, and I know goalies in minor hockey and junior, especially when you're trying to move up in leagues and move across leagues or whatever that is, you, people get obsessed with their statistics, their counting stats, right? Their goals against average mm-hmm. save percentage. Jamie just talked about why save percentage can be misleading when you have an interesting counting thing. I remember, Jamie, I was playing um, in the Golden Horseshoe Ontario Junior Hockey League um, Not many years Southern, ago. Sutherland Cup runner-up. Not a big deal. Didn't play a single game, but whatever. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. Um, I the team that I played for, I think, won a Southern Cup like a year or two after I left. So tough. Um, was a mess. But actually, the the year that I played in was uh, the finals between the two teams in our division. There were so many. Which were the great? It's a Greater Ontario Junior Hockey. It's a Golden Horseshoe Division. Uh, there were so many. It's a pretty good Junior B Hockey League. Uh, that's what it is. It's junior B hockey. Yeah. There were so many overagers between the two teams in the conference finals. They had to change the league rules. There was like 26 OAs between the two teams in the finals. <laughs> it was like actually criminals. Like this is just 21 year olds all playing against each other. And it was like, this is not, this can't be healthy. Uh, but in this league, it's like my third or fourth game. Jamie, do you ever remember playing in the Fort? Do you ever play in the old Fort Erie, like full bowl stadium? Do you ever play there? Yeah, the one that was like, uh, like a, like a sports center area, like sporting. Yeah, area, it's like, like a like huge bowl and stuff. Bowl. Like pretty good, like junior B arena. No fans, zero fans, none, none. But yeah. they have like a they have like a jumbotron kind of mm-hmm. thing in the front. It's not video, but it's like a big hanging down scoreboard in the middle of the ice. And uh, we're playing there, and. As that happens on five on threes, you make a save on a five on three, rebound kicks right to another guy and just buries it, right? Like shot, rebound. And I remember being like, oh, that sucks. I hate being scored. Yeah, I'm like, I hate being scored on those situations. Like I feel bad. I peel the puck out of the net. I look up at the stands or look up and the team took a shot off my shots against. So I got scored on on a rebound <laughs> and they're like minus one shot. <laughs> and so... <laughs> I know people get frustrated. I know goalies get frustrated with their public counting statistics. You got to just not care. And you got to try really hard to not care. And obviously when we're trying to evaluate goalies, especially at the professional level, we have these advanced stats. Mm-hmm. But if you're a minor hockey or junior goalie, like just know you can tell me your save percentage is 82%. You can tell me your save percentage is 98%. Like I don't believe it. Yeah, I actually just don't. I, <laughs> I just, I, I just, it's just not true. It, whatever number you told me is not accurate, unless you play in like the CHL or I'd assume the USHL is probably pretty accurate. I don't know. I, if there's USHL goalies who have stories about shots coming off the board on goals, let us know. It's probably a purity. It's probably more accurate 
Plus, those a lot of those leagues will use like Instat or like some other service that yep. someone will track it. Um, so if any better sponsor us, yeah. I have so many nice things. But oh until my then, god, please Instat. I won't say it. Please sponsor the pod because we we need it. But um, <laughs> that's actually so funny that you say that. There's um, oh, what was I going to say? There's uh, the worst place like was in, in like in Jacksonville for stats. So like the first ever game of the organization they had played in, we gave up like 50 shots and they tracked all 50 and it was like normal. But after the game, the, or the head coach was like, I feel like that was a lot of shots. And I was like, no, like, yeah. it was pretty normal. And then after that, like, I think like, I'm pretty sure he talked to the stats guys and was like, we need to like not make it look like we're giving up that many shots a night. Um, Follow that up with when you played on the, if you are the road team, because I played on Jacksonville and against Jacksonville. Um, let's and just keep this clear as perspective. Like when you're grinding in the minors, like stats like are kind of important because you want to not be in the you're minors. Kind of, they, they used to really matter. I truthfully don't know what it's like, but 10, 12 years ago, and even when you were playing, like if you were a defenseman, you were jumping into every single play because points mattered to move out of the ECHL. Like, yeah, there's no like, defense for a long time in the ECHL. Like you don't want to be. You don't want to be there. Um, people joke about eating like soggy subs after. Yeah, it's 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 bad when you're in your bus drivers <laughs> ripping darts as you're driving down the highway, and it, this big heck of smoke is coming into your bunks, and you have to breathe this in. You're a professional athlete. Um, yeah, it's it's not great. There's actually another good podcast. They haven't released an episode in a long time, but you can go watch some of their old ones called Mighty League Madness couple of guys I used to play with, uh, Braden Lowe, shut up Braden Lowe. Hopefully they, they get pods again, but they bring in stories and they talk about life in the minors. It's, it's really, it's really good. Um, but when you played in Jacksonville, uh, as a road team, Jacksonville had this, I don't know if they still do, but they had this deal with like Burger King or something where if, uh, if they gave up like 30 shots, everyone got a free burger. So I can promise you up 29, they were not giving up 30 shots. And it was so frustrating because I would make like six or seven saves and I would, I would maybe get one, maybe get <laughs> one. And that, and that number is the official number that gets submitted to the box score. And I remember like, I remember like I even taught, I actually at warm up, I skated up to the, the press box guy. Cause I was the guy that did it. I was like, Hey man, can you stop effing me on my shots? Uh, I probably shouldn't have led with the F-bomb, but I did. Cause I was just so frustrated and he's like, what do you mean? I was like, if I make a save and it's like, if a puck is getting shot and it's going, if it go, if I'm not there and it goes in, that is a save. Even if it's from the other end of the ice, it's still technically a save. Like, can you please just turn all the saves? Didn't happen. But I definitely made it way worse. Um, but it it's was like, look, it was so, it was insane, man. Like there were times that I had like 12 shots and I had, it was 40, it was 40 shot games. And they would get 12 saves. And it's like, it's comical, but no one cared because like they, they Burger King didn't want to pay for burgers. And do you think like no one in the stands actually cares? It's just only people that care are the goalies. Um, yeah. So yeah. Jamie, did you ever have a, did you ever have a zero shot period? Like not like you didn't actually have any shots. Did you ever have games where someone recorded zero shots in your stat books? I have a few of those in my life. I where, think like, I have, I think I have no I've, shots. Oh, I think I've actually truly had like one or two zero shot periods, but I've had a few like less than three shot periods. 
Uh, none were the stat statisticians of the shot keepers like threw me under the bus. But there were a couple times in college when we when we were really good and playing really weak teams that I maybe had one or two shots. Uh, well, I was talking about like the nine save period where you look after and it's a zero, and you're like, okay, well, zero. Oh, never, <laughs> never that. But if, if I did, it was, if I, I never that. But if I did, I was definitely against Jacksonville. So just, I just, <laughs> so, just go to my elite prospects when I was in like Florida, uh, just look at the games against Jacksonville. It's probably like, oh man, Jamie only had like, yeah, average like 12 shots a night in Jacksonville. It's Florida must've been pretty good. We were, we were pretty good, but we were like 12 shots a night. Pretty good. So. Sorry. Uh, if anyone's watching the video, you'll have a bonus. Yes. You can just walk. You can just bonus walk through. Bonus sneak peek back. People, uh, people know that I, we live in squalor. Uh, and good news though, for those listening to the pod that have been my complaining about my living situation, my internet on the 17th of November, get a new apartment and that means new internet. Uh, so right now I've explained a few times, like I'm li I'm renting a room in this like old house from like the 18, from like pre civil war era. Uh, my internet is not good. So like when I skate in a weekend, I typically will have like four or five hours of sessions. And so I, 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 I go all out for my goalies. So I bring like three or four cameras. So we're looking at like 20, 20 plus hours of footage. And I get that that's a lot, but there are times where it takes five, almost five days to upload all the foot, the footage. So I have to, I just go, like, I just go to like Grand Valley's like camp, library campus, use their public internet and just upload it from there. Cause it's, I can't do it here. It's it painful. And Jamie, that brings us to a really important segment, which is everyone should go check out Jamie Phillips' <laughs> Patreon page. Jamie's making some of the best hockey and goaltending educational information over there on Patreon at Jamie Phillips. If you're looking for some of his free stuff, you should definitely check out the YouTube page. If you're not already subscribed to Jamie, go subscribe to his content. Uh, it also makes great information on Instagram. So as always, the Jamie Phillips Patreon plug is here to help support Jamie's new apartment and his new Wi-Fi. So if you uh, like what yeah. he's doing, you like what we're doing here, appreciate everything that people do over there for Jamie. one of the yeah i definitely like appreciate those like patrons and I, I appreciate everyone that listens but i do appreciate the patrons and stuff like more than people people know but one of the goals <laughs> for one of the goals for the new place is to like create a cool podcast backdrop i don't really know how i've been watching a lot of youtube videos and i feel like uh i might need to just like phone a friend who's good at that stuff and help me out um but that is one of the goals. So yes, Patreon does help. I recorded a lot of stuff. I actually just recorded like a bunch of video lessons today. And we throw them up this week. Like pa Patreon gets like the good stuff. Uh, YouTube gets some of the good stuff. Patreon gets all the good stuff. And Instagram gets all my hard labor that Jimmy puts out. Um, no, I, moving. I grind so hard <laughs> on Instagram. Yes. It takes me so long to make some of those videos. <laughs> just for someone to just comment. Oh man, he's actually... I don't, I don't, do you have TikTok, Ben? No, I do not okay. have TikTok. There's this one been. guy who's like, an, like he's like, he's for sure, he's a troll. Like he doesn't like, he's, it's, it has to be satirical. I'll make a video, especially with like Butterfly or RVH or something. And he's like, he always comments like the butt, like the butt, the going down is outdated. You guys need to stop and just stay on your feet and stuff. And then the, That's the, hilarious. People that, the comments, and then he just argues with everybody, just argues with everyone that comments. And so like, I, Shout out to him for boosting my algorithm, but he just goes every video. He goes crazy. I love it. 
That's hilarious. Respect to that guy. Uh, not really, but I appreciate the bit. I just kind of hope you're not serious, but there's no way he's serious. There's not. Um, Jerry, I want to talk a little bit more about some extra bonus things that I think are relevant. Uh, just on kind of like some some goalie stat things and visualizing and understanding. Again, in the same room, going back to the NHL edge, understanding where shot location is. There's a few important things, and you kind of brought some stuff up before uh, about like shots from distance or misleading as low danger when there's like traffic. And that's one of the big complaints that uh, is deservingly so. A shot from the blue line with there without traffic is an entirely different situation. Mm. But an important consideration is a shot with traffic is less likely to get on net. So that's just something, that's my one, you know, my one caveat there for shots from distance. The more traffic you add, add yes, way harder of a situation for a goalie, but also way less likely that the puck will actually get to the net. Uh, so there is a double-edged sword to that as a, as a shot. So when, when that's categorized as a low danger shot, yes, it can be good. If anyone's really curious, go watch a game and, and the more traffic you get, see many of those shots actually get to the net versus miss the net, hit a body, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think that's actually some really important information. Second thing, this is ultimately one of the biggest things that, I, that people should know is anytime a puck crosses the midline. So we've, people have heard about Royal Road stuff. That's the terminology that gets used a lot. Uh, but anytime a puck crosses the midline of the ice uh, and the puck is released within one second, after it crosses the midline, that has a really high chance of, of a shot going, and that really increases the odds that the puck goes in. Logically, uh, you're essentially catching, releasing, or one-timing that puck as it crosses the midline. So that's why those shots are so valuable. Just because a puck crosses the middle of the ice does not make it more dangerous, though, unless that shot comes quickly. So that's my extra caveat because sometimes people are like, "Oh, that puck went, you know, across Royal Road and then they scored." Well, it's like, well, the pass went across Royal Road and then five seconds later they scored. Yeah, like that's not the same situation um, that we hear that Royal Road. So uh, I wish we had pass locations. Um, that's the one thing I wish NHL Edge did. If we had like a, you know, if you could isolate how many passes crosses midline or how many passes go low to high, I think that would be really cool. Because I think those are really telling. Um, my random hot take: I don't have any data support. This is entirely just a personal feeling when I played. I actually hated low to high one-timers much more than cross-crease one-timers um just because i felt the low to high it's i know it's a bit of a weird take it's not that i'm not saying that I, I was better at them i just always did not enjoy stepping out into someone skating full speed into a one-timer coming north like from you know north south i was, was like this person's just gonna absolutely step into this thing so that's my that's my hot take i have no doubt for that being harder i'm not sure it is i don't uh, yeah i don't know i i all subjective but I guess like if someone's skating into it, they also get the additional velocity of their body momentum into the shot. Probably a harder versus, shot. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was definitely something I was going to talk about and I forgot in my, my rambles about life in the cheese toast hockey league. Uh, what were we talking about before? And I, Oh yeah. I'm so so there's, there's a tracker, there's a tracker and pucks. Um, yeah. I'll come. It doesn't like, you know, like we go to the Toronto to say, was that a goal that crossed the goal line? How come the tracker doesn't tell you when it completely crosses the goal line? I'll be totally honest. I do not have the information, but from what I understand, it's like it pings off the puck, right? So like there's a signal mm -hmm. that pings off the puck for location. And so like, depending on where the ping happens, right? The full puck might not be over the line. That's how I understand it. 
Uh, admittedly, if people are looking for a lot more information on this stuff, I believe, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes of this episode, there is a podcast episode by a podcast called Expected by Whom, where they speak with uh, one of the data people that works for the NHL that does this data information, which where I've heard a lot of this. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, they do a really interesting deep dive. One of the fun things that they do say in this podcast, and spoiler, go check it out, is that even with all the tracking data that they have, modeling goaltending is still the hardest thing to do. It's really complicated, really confusing, even with all that information they have to say who was the best goalie and who's consistent because yeah because like how how do you measure how do you measure a tip versus a tip through screen versus a tip through a flash screen tip up what tip down like that's it's, it's a, yeah it's complicated and i think the one thing i that this is probably giving away someone's billion dollar idea but and if it is i'll just cut it out um <laughs> you think that you could use like a whatever a generative ai system or whatever the ai systems are to train it on all the video available on the NHL and then use it to mm -hmm. kind of cut up and come up with different stats where you just let it run through and it picks up that that was a tip. So that gets, you know, sorted in the tip department and then gets filtered down. Was there a tip with a screen? Was a tip with two screens? Was a tip with three screens? And it, it organizes it itself automatically. And then it comes up with a way to be as like unbiased as possible. It would be like similar to a human looking at it and being like, okay, it was tipped and it was tipped through screen. That's pretty difficult. So that's going to be like a, you know, a high danger versus it was a tip, it was a tip, but there was no screen. That's going to be like a, a, somewhere between mid and high danger. I don't know. Well, Jamie, let, let me give you a little bit of, this is now computer science, the goalie science podcast. Uh, the, the models that you would want to have trained on would be human coded. So a human would code that as a tip and then the algorithm would learn that that's a tip because you told it that it was a tip. So it would be trained on human behavior. That's the first thing, uh, or more, most likely trained that way. Second thing, uh, there is some work on this that has been done. And one of the biggest challenges that we see with hockey compared to something like baseball, compared to something like even basketball and football, is that there is a relatively low sample size of those type of events. So like, I'll give a, I'll give a shout out to a private company. Um, but ClearSight Analytics uh, is known for their very granular goalie data. So they do a lot of like, you know, uh, there was a pass cross ice that went to a high danger zone or low slot, mid slot, high slot, one screen, two screen, three screen, flash screen. Like they have a lot of layers in the way that they track their data. But ultimately the challenge with that is you can get through a, a season of like 60 games. Let's say example, a goalie plays 60 games. And they might have only seen a certain situation 25 times, mm -hmm. right? That's not enough to really make a judgment call. And I remember last year in the NHL playoffs, uh, if anyone was watching the mainstream media coverage of Tampa Bay and Toronto, there was a lot of talk about Andre Vasilevsky not being good in traffic. That was like the big talking point is like the Leafs are going to win if they get traffic in front of Vasilevsky. And then there was some discussion around uh, some data that was released by ClearSight. And again, this is, again, shout to them. But I think it was something like uh, Vasilevsky was like 21 of 30 on this type of play, whether it was like a, a two-layer screen point shot that went, you know, from D to D. D to D point shot, uh, two-layer screen. And it's like, that's a 
that's a that play happened for him less than once a game, right? Half a time per game, and it can be great to try to generate that. Um, but admittedly, I don't know if that data included all shot attempts, right? Like if you try that play, how often does that puck get? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the biggest challenge in hockey is just how how there's so many different situations, and I think we're we're getting more and more data. Uh, but the biggest challenge is we see trends in, in people playing the game differently every few years in game shift. And so, you know, using the same data from 2013 and the same video from that might not actually really reflect what's being done in 2022, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's always going to be the biggest challenge in hockey, especially for goalies, is like, how often do you see this specific situation? Like, I find myself talking to goalies, and, and this one from my coaching perspective, Jamie, is, is a goal will go in or a play that almost led to a goal will go in. And I'll be talking with the goalie and they're like, yeah, like, I, I don't, like, what do I do on that? And I just kind of go, well, it, it probably won't happen again this season, or it might happen once again this season, mm-hmm. right? Like that's such a low probability play, a low, a low familiarity play that there's probably not or any reason to really worry about it or really focus on it. And I think that ultimately is where the advanced information that you're requesting, I think that's where we probably need to boil it into a bigger pot instead of trying to be really hyper granular with it. Otherwise, we'll just never get enough information. You're never getting enough information on how many, how did a goalie do with a mid-level flash screen on a cross-ice one-timer? It's just like, ah, we're never going to, it's too granular, right? You're never going to, you're never going to have enough data on that to make yeah. conclusions if you're good or bad at it. So. And then also. That's like, talking some mid- advanced stats with that. I also like, no, I think like, I, the, the thing that is good, but if someone was like, hey, Jamie, you're you're now the scout for the Toronto Maple Leaf goalies. Um, Joseph Wall gave up two one timers. He was he was point two percent on one timer through traffic flash screen tip shots. Like I don't care. Like, I just yeah, don't exactly. care. Yeah. So like I that's not yeah. what I'm going to use to judge his performance. You know. Yeah, when this not to like not really to like small. be those like old scouts and like Moneyball, the ones that you watch <laughs> and you're like, you guys are old, like. But there's like so many more layers to like stats are the stats are important. I'm not gonna just like stats tell they us really a lot. Are. They don't tell us everything. Yeah. Yeah, and that's ultimately where your answer should always be. Like at this point, in we're recording this on October 29, 2023, and if your opinion is either we should only look at the data, or if your opinion is we should only look at the game. You're both wrong. Yeah. Right? Because the data is a really incredible compliment and it also shows us things that we don't pick up. It shows us patterns that we don't care. So like I'll tell a, a quick story here. Um, so I do some manual tracking teams, uh, and that includes not just goalies, but for the actual players as well. And I was tracking a game the other day, and over an entire game, a, a team this team only had like twelve controlled zone entries. Uh, so that's a situation where the team entered from you know the neutral zone into the offensive zone, was able to stop and set a play up essentially, and that's a really low number. Like it's a really 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 low number. Um, for example, the team they were playing against had about two and a half times that many. So you know, people are, and it's like in the game you you might not realize you might be just like oh we had a tough time scoring we weren't getting chances that might be what you say. But just tracking that data shows, oh, like we weren't gaining the zone with controlled possession enough, right? Maybe our offense wasn't coming from that because we weren't establishing control in the offensive zone. And so like that's an example of why you need both, right? Because watching the game, you would have seen, yeah, we had a tough time getting chances, but you might not see the pattern that led to that. And so that's why I think both really complement each other. And 
I'm very happy to defend that side of the argument uh, uh, forever. So. You need you need stats. You need the actual game, and then you need to go to the bar after the game and ask the guy that used to be a goalie, <laughs> who's had like six yes. beers. Like, what is yeah. what was his thoughts on the, that goalie? And that will give you. And he'll goal. tell you that he'll tell you that he actually was better than him. And if he didn't hurt his yeah. knee, he would have went yeah. pro. Did you not see that goal? He did not cut down the angle. The way uh, he used to. <laughs> that darn RV. That darn RVH. Okay, let's. I got. I got to talk about this because it's. It's. It's funny. No. I'm going to make some content. No. Uh, so, it, the thing is, is the perspective has been. Uh, people have kind of skewed their perspective. So I was just watching Montreal versus um, Winnipeg just because I was needed something to watch while I was eating lunch, and there was four five hole goals. Four yeah, five hole goals. And let me tell you, I actually tend to told my goal he's no more butterfly. Out in the butterfly yeah. doesn't work. So butterfly doesn't obviously obviously the butterfly doesn't work because goalies keep giving up five hole goals and four in one game, just throw it out. But the thing is, is like Over. but the thing is that the same same argument that people use with the RVH. They're like RVH is broken. Doesn't work. We I this week two goalies gave up a short side goal in the RVH. Throw it out. We need to think of something better. And it's no, it's not the save that's broken. It's the execution. There's nothing wrong with the butterfly. If you butterfly too late, or you're, you're too patient, or you, some uh, something, it's just like the RVH. If you enter too early, you enter at the wrong time. You it's poorly executed. And then I've had a few people actually message me, and I haven't got back to them because I I work 27 jobs. Um, say <laughs> they thought that I was complaining about the butterfly being broken. So the some of them, because I just see it like on my watch. As like so and so replied to your message, and it's like, then it's just like, well, well, how would you change the butterfly then? Like I wouldn't, because it's not the problem. It's just like the RVH is the problem. Save. Like you're you're looking at it the wrong way. Like you are you're taking the wrong side. Um, so I made a meme because I absolutely love memes. I don't. I think it's just like, I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe it's just it's your like, outlet. It's your passion. It is. It is my passion and my outlet. Um. I also saw a funny meme saying that if you find them, <laughs> you find the person who is like the most depressed, they're gonna have the best memes. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, yeah, it all adds up. Therapy time with Jamie. Jamie, I have one but, oh. Um, Yeah, let's start thinking critically about hockey, please, and goaltending. Yeah, I have one final comment. It's kind of gonna tie. It. I'm gonna put a little bow on our conversation today around stats and and again going back to NHL Edge, which I really strongly encourage everyone to check out. Uh, I think it, if you haven't thought about shots and tracking stuff this way, like I said, it's a, it's a nice step up from the base level. But one thing which is cool to look at is go check out where goalies are being scored from on the ice. So, um, for example, I have a close personal friend of the show, Joseph Wall. Um, his his goals against pulled up from, and he's got four from basically the lower slot in her house, and then one from kind of like the mid upper slot. And that's he's only good on five goals here, so shout out to him. But they're all from the center. I think, again, the sample size is really low, but that's something that over a season or over half a season you can start to look at, right? So if you're a goalie and you know, you're playing a couple games a week, um, keep track of where you're getting scored on, right? Mm-hmm. Location might tell you something. Um, I know that there was definitely periods of my life playing where uh, I was misplaying some glove side angle stuff and was getting beat far side. And I know that was a part of my life that I had to kind of work through to figure that out. Um, but if you're not tracking it, you might not realize. So... Again, another thing too, and again, once you start adding in shot location, it also makes your shot counting more accurate. Mm-hmm. Like, like we talked about, 
it's easy to just put ticks down when you think a shot exists or a shot does them when you're forced to put a spot on each one of them you end up being a little more precise to it that so that's why i want to say jamie i think NHLogy is a cool tool we should check it out people should use it and hopefully we get more more stuff from it as the season rolls out and as the nhl wants to roll out more stuff i wonder if we could I, I wonder if we could get joseph on the podcast in the off season i don't no, no. People are like, well, Jamie, you have Instagram followers, especially. Well, I emailed a company that makes pegs that I really like, and I wanted to partner because I think they're really good pegs, and they did not reply to my email, so I don't have any pull. Uh, we have Jamie's no pull, but uh, over the next couple of months, we have a couple of guests coming on. We do. Um, some we have goalie coaches coming on. We have some. Um, sports researchers coming on that I'm I'm really excited about. So if you're someone who likes the science and goalie science, uh, I'll be doing some interviews with some people who I really respect and who do really cool work in sports and motor learning and skill development. And we can go find out what all those fancy things mean another time. But Jamie, that's all I got for you. Anything else? Thanks for watching, listening, like, comment, subscribe. You know the jazz Patreon's where it's at. Uh, use it. And you'll get better, guaranteed. I got you that. I get number when Jamie gets to, when Jamie gets to 150 patrons, he's contractually obligated to put me on the payroll. So if if everyone pushed Jamie, me, if everyone followed me on Instagram, just <laughs> followed me on Patreon for like two months, I could open up my training center. You heard it here, Hirsch, first folks. Heard it here first. That's the key to Jamie's success. Um, <laughs> all right. Check out NHL Edge. Check out Jamie's Patreon and YouTube. And if anyone has any goalie stats questions, uh, don't ask Jamie. He'll send you my way anyway. It's exactly so, what I'll do. Jamie? Or sports or sports site questions, because I will send you to a sports site. That's how it works. All right, Jamie. Until next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.